right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Yes, sir. And today we are going to be talking about Hawkeye. So last week we did Loki, and now we're doing Hawkeye. We're kind of just creating a library of content with this podcast, which is something that I love. Because... The episodes are all going to be pretty much timeless in a way. Like we talked about Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and RPGs and One Piece. We have all of these different things, Loki, WandaVision, Hawkeye. And that's kind of the goal is to make it where, you know, everything is not going to interest everyone. Not everyone's a Game of Thrones fan like we like we are. Not everyone's in the Pokemon like we are. Not everyone's in the Yu-Gi-Oh like we are. But there's so many different things with this podcast, the I'm Their Podcast, that we can actually just have a library of content so that you can pick and choose the things you want to listen to based on your preferences and your likes. Yeah, at no point did I ever assume somebody would listen to every episode. Now, obviously, there are some people that listen to every episode, but yes, I think some of you probably are probably the things. minority. Yeah. In general, I think you would pick and choose the episodes you're interested in, which is fun. Yeah, and what I noticed is that some people actually get into shows because of the podcast. Yeah, I know someone, I know several people actually who have started watching Stranger Things because we do this podcast. And uh, one of them is in our Patreon. Yeah, they're in the Discord. They're in their podcast Discord because we did an episode on Stranger Things. They're like, you know what? I want to get into this. I want to see what's going on. So they started binging it and they're already on season two. So that's really cool. Uh, But yeah, so we're going to be talking about Hawkeye. And this show, I don't care for Hawkeye, the hero at all. Out of all of the Avengers, he's probably my least favorite of all of them. But... I'm just, I just have to be honest, like, because I don't ever want to be the human that just has like equipment. I never want to be the Batman, except obviously being exceptionally rich is broken. But like, I feel like if I had superpowers, I would be rich regardless. So I'd rather just be someone with actual powers than just be the guy who has arrows and the will to live. Like, that's not good I, enough for me. Uh, but so, the show is not bad. So it's interesting, right? Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean, at least in the MCU how he's presented through most of the movies and the shows he's not the most interesting character that that we have and uh so i'll 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 say it off the rip this show is weird because i found it very entertaining very funny very easy to watch i was able to binge it easily however i think it's also very bad like (laughs) like i'm being so honest i watched it when i now when i turned it on from episode one, I watched it with my girlfriend. We watched it together. And like the whole time I'm watching it, at the end of each episode, I was like, I was so into it and I had so much fun watching it and I couldn't stop watching the next episode. But I also was like, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, like, it's uh. so here's I, I guess to get some of my gripes off about what I do not like about it is Kate Bishop's actress. I, I think that she's just not a good actress. If I'm being like, I just do not care for her at all. <laughs> and so for me. She just kind of takes it down a bit because it's almost like she's a Disney character. She reminds me of watching. Yeah. She reminds me of watching a Disney show. Oh wait, this is a mm-hmm. fucking Disney show. But like yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like the old school Disney shows that were. I know what you mean. Zach and Cody and stuff like that. She gives me very that vibe. And maybe she's from. I don't know where she's from. But maybe she's from one of those shows well, on the old. Right Disney. from the right from the gate, I'll tell you. Like one of my very first gripes, but I couldn't stop laughing about it up until the end was. The first scene of the show, right, is her parents arguing. Okay? Yes. Her parents are arguing and she's spying on their argument by listening through the air vent, the air conditioner vent or yep. whatever. Yep. And then, like, a fire truck falls. And then her parents look at each other like, oh, well, you got to go deal with it this time. And, like, from the sound of a toy falling, they were like, our daughter's spying on us. And, like, yeah. go up. And I was like, what is, how did they know she was spot? A fire truck fell. 
how does the dad know she's spying one? Like it was so it was like it was one of those things where it's like it felt like it wasn't even a suspension of disbelief. Like I it just felt stupid. <laughs> like it just felt really like what if she was just upstairs playing with her toys? Yeah. Why did her toy fall? Oh, I guess she's spying on us. Like it was so dumb. So we start off in the year 2012 at the exact same time that the original Avengers movie takes place. And yeah. I love that these Marvel shows find a way to interweave all of the other Marvel content that was really into them. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so they literally show you Loki attacking New York. They show the Avengers coming in. They show that famous scene with the Avengers when it pans around all of them. Right. You get to see yep. all of those cool things. And you also get to see buildings being destroyed. And one of the buildings that gets destroyed is the building that Kate, the main character, her apartment that she lives in with her parents, it like it gets blown wide open. So they can see to the outside. They can see all these aliens coming in and descending on New York. And it's terrible. I, if I imagine that something like that would happen to us, it would just cause mass hysteria. Everybody would be running, it screaming. Would, it would be awful. But I do really like, we mentioned in WandaVision how it shows like things post-snap. Yes. And it shows the events post-snap. And they, they've done that in a couple shows. And I, I really enjoy, because I feel like a lot of the Marvel is giving us post-snap kind of things. But it's it's not as common that we see like, what happened from the human perspective of like the first Avengers? Cause that's a huge thing. And yeah. So it was really cool seeing that, like that human moment of the first Avengers watching that city get destroyed. Yeah. I really like uh before snap things and post snap because the unfortunate thing about infinity war and Endgame is that we don't get that much content on what it was like during those five years. They do yeah. a little bit showing like, Oh, people are sad, which is obvious. But then to just see, to follow people during the time, I liked how WandaVision had a whole like episode four started off with when people came back and how that caused mm. chaos. Like, just imagine human beings just coming back into existence. Uh, so you see this in all of the shows. All of these shows pretty much have something going with the the blank when everybody goes away and when they come back. And I, I really, really like that we get to expand upon that. There's a part where Elena <laughs> blinks and comes back. We'll talk about that a little later in the episode. As a quick as a quick side note, we talked about this I think on WandaVision, but how like you know, if somebody's flying a plane and disappear, that plane crashes and kills more people that didn't disappear. But those people don't come back. When the people come back that got snapped out of existence in the air in a plane, like do they just fall? Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, that's so fucked too when you think about it. That's probably one of the worst things that could happen is that you got blinked in an inconvenient place, right? Like yeah, on yeah. the highway, for example. Like you're just on the highway, you got blinked away by Thanos' snap. And then you come back and traffic is going 90. Yeah, and you just get smacked. Immediately. So, you know, hopefully when people come back, they don't just come back in the exact same place. Although, every single time we've seen we've people seen come it. back, they've come it's back in the same exact place. same... I mean, literally, this show, Hawkeye, literally shows the person in the exact same spot yeah. and the whole house has changed. It, it doesn't feel like any... Like, for them, it doesn't feel like any time has passed. It's funny, because, like, if it was an anime, they would definitely show us, like, a person coming back, but they they have somebody happens to be standing in that spot, so they come back inside another person. Yeah, and they explode or something. Yeah, you know, anime would go hard with the or or if these shows were just rated R, they would yeah. definitely show some more grotesque and brutal uh, things. That the snap is not so subtle in how people come back. I'm sure that some people just come back in fucked up situations. Uh, yep. Imagine coming back in a spot where there's now a building, like a building is just there and it wasn't there before. You're in a wall. Yeah, you just come back and die immediately. So. But anyway, so it starts in 2012. She sees Hawkeye in the distance, and all he has is a bow and arrow and the will to live. 
He's scaling a wall, fighting against the aliens, and he's an Avenger with no superpowers. And she says this in the middle of the show about how that inspired her to want to become an archer and also want to become a hero because all heroes don't have to fly and have lasers coming out of their hands. And I thought that was pretty cool. It was. Like, have you ever been inspired yourself by someone else's profession when you were younger, maybe? And it kind of made you say, like, I want to do that. Um, not so. I would say in this instance, the most would be like, I would say Dave Chappelle. Okay. And not necessarily for stand-up com- comedy. I don't know if I talked to this or not, but there's an interview. I think it's in behind. It's called Behind the Actor Studio. It's fucking amazing. It's like one of the first really deep dives in Dave Chappelle after everybody thought he went crazy and him like shedding light on some of those things. And anyway, it's like two hours long. There's a part in there where Dave Chappelle, where he's talking to this to the guy, I forget his name. And he's talking about how he, he went to go become a comedian and him talking to his dad. And his dad basically saying, like, well, what if you don't make it? And then his response was essentially that he was like, he told his dad that he's a teacher. He's like, if I can make as much money doing comedy as you do being a teacher, then I made it. Like, I don't have to be rich. I just have to make enough money. Like, if I make as much as you do, then I made it. I get it. And that is something that really inspired me when when it went to, like, going into streaming and, like, this podcast. So when I think about it, like, everybody thinks of doing these things as, like, becoming rich. Yeah. Becoming rich would be cool, but that's not really necessarily my goal. If I can just do this and make enough money as anybody makes doing a normal job, then right. I made it. In my opinion. I agree like, that's all that. I need. Yeah, like and I'm so- an accountant and, you know, accountant, we make pretty decent money. But if I could do content creation, podcasting or something along those lines and make the same money that I make as an accountant, then I would 100% quit my job and just do this full time. Like this is a dream job to me. Like I love doing this and getting paid to do it is a dream in itself. You know, like that would be the most ideal thing. And I actually was inspired by podcasts that I've been listening to for the last 10 years to even start a podcast. Like that was Mm -hmm. the original, like obviously part of it is you and me have been friends for over a decade and we've had conversations that are so long. Like we naturally talk for hours naturally just naturally on a regular day we could just talk for hours and the conversation goes all over the place and obviously a lot of it is certain stuff that i feel like we would have to make exclusive content because our conversations go into dark (laughs) places sometimes or just like shit that would definitely get us canceled um even though we're most like a lot of times we're just joking about it but i've definitely been inspired by other podcasters to do this and now the podcast market is like very saturated there's a lot of them out there it's really hard to stand out but i think that we have something unique here because our again, our podcast is like a library of all of these different nerd related topics. And uh I was mainly asking you because your father, as people know on this, you know, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that Kenny's father is a police officer. And yeah. you know, you as a kid, like I'm sure you've seen him in uniform before. I'm I'm sure you've seen him oh yeah coming from like crime scenes and stuff like that, and just like being, you know, heroic and things like that. And that can inspire you to want to follow in those footsteps, kind of like how Kate Bishop did in this show. She sees Hawkeye literally with not like everyone else has all these crazy abilities, Thor's God of Thunder. You got uh, the, the Hulk who's literally immortal and invincible, the Iron Man with like billions of dollars and this crazy nanotechnology suits and all this other crazy stuff that he has going on. And then you just have like Hawkeye who's regular. On, on that note, what's interesting and maybe it's different and, once it could be different for somebody in my exact same position because we all think differently as humans. Mm-hmm. But if, like, let's say I was just like a kid who didn't have any relatives that were cops, and like, I don't know, there was some cop that I met that did something really cool that inspired me, it would be different. But like, my dad, I remember growing up, although I looked up to him 
and like he did things that I thought was cool, and he was a cop, which was like really great. And like I, you know, he did certain things, and I thought he fought for certain things or whatever. Mm. What I remember the most about when I, was, especially when I was really young, like pre teenager, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I just remember always being worried that he was going to die. Like, I just remember always like your dad's a cop, and like he would go out and he would work, you know, from like fucking yeah, that's four real. in the afternoon that's till like real. midnight or like till three a.m. And I remember just like going to sleep before going to sleep at this time, like some, you know, I was still young, still believed in God, still prayed and stuff. But I remember most of the times that I went to sleep, my prayer was just like, hey, God, don't let my dad die out fighting bad guys. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and that's that's a very real emotion that you had there. The fear of your father not coming home. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? They touch on that in the show, too, because Kate's mom, right, like Eleanor, she literally crosses the kingpin because she's afraid for her daughter dying she she brings up natasha she says she's good at it but natasha was also good at it being a vigilante yeah and being but she a hero. says that to hawkeye dude that line that was actually a really crazy moment so you know put in the context it's it's kate bishop the main character's mom talking to hawkeye mm-hmm. and her basically saying like my daughter's not a hero. I don't want her to be a hero. And then, like, I think Hawkeye says, like, she's good, like, something. Yeah, he's not saying she's good at it. And then that's immediately the mother says, Natasha was good at it too, wasn't she? And he's dumbfounded. Yeah. He can't, there's no response to that. Cause one, we know how hurt he is by what Black Widow did, uh, her sacrifice. He fought to not have her sacrifice herself. Mind you, she doesn't have a real family like he does. Like, he has a wife and kids, right? Mm-hmm. And he literally was about to give his life away to get the soul stone. And he fought her for it and she won, right? And that fucks with him. That, as we see him in the beginning of the show, his life just looks very miserable. This is a broken man that we experience in this whole show. He has hearing aids. He can't hear without them either. It's really bad. Uh, yeah. He's beat up. It's just like, like ringing. It's just like a constant ringing in his ears or something. It's, it's, what it, it's what the show seems to portray. Yeah, it just shows how the wear and tear on being an Avenger on his body, because he's regular. He's not like the rest of them that has all of these ridiculous abilities and powers. His He's just a regular human being. So when explosions did, go off. I did think it was funny. I think Kate Bishop asked, like, you know, what ha- like, how did you lose your hearing? Why didn't you do the hearing aid? And then there's like a, a montage, montage yes. of just the shit he's been through. All of these explosions like, that he's right next like, to. It's you hard have to, to imagine. say. Like, I don't <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know exactly what the one instance was where it really went away. But the fact that I've been next to bombs exploding over a dozen times is probably it. Yeah. And so that montage is just literally clips from other Marvel shows and movies. I thought that was also cool, too. I love I just love all the callbacks. But Same. when Eleanor says that line about. Natasha was good at being a vigilante, being a hero too. And you think about Kay Bishop and how she's very young. When he meets her, he's like, what are you, 18? And she's like, 22. He goes, same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the same it, thing. It really though. is, though. I look at her as a kid as well. And in fact, the entire show, I couldn't help but to think of her. And mind you, she's 22. She's fully legal, grown, all that good stuff. But I could not help but to look at her as a kid. And yeah. I guess that was a good thing because... Her being 22 means that she's perfectly able to have some kind of romantic relationship with Hawkeye, but that never happened, and I was glad for that. I, yeah. I just, you never know when they have, you know, like a main character who's a guy, and then, uh, you know, a heroine like her. She's very pretty. She's a very beautiful girl. 
And I was like, I wonder if at some point this is going to get like weird. Weird, yeah. And it's going to be. Luckily, kind of, it didn't. It never got I weird. definitely see a different timeline where it does. Like, well, there's a main boy and a main girl, so they have to have like. Some yeah, I'm glad they didn't try to force that narrative on us at all. I'm glad that there was never any awkwardness between those two as far as romantic stuff goes. It was just like we're partners and it stayed on that level and just showing that mm-hmm. like a man and a woman can completely work together as partners yeah. and it'd be completely. I forget the word for it, but platonic platonic yes yeah so i like that 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 the show didn't do that but when he asked her age the first thing that came to my mind was oh god where is this going um so i'm I'm just glad that that you know that didn't come up but anyways yeah so she she is very rash right like she you can't tell her no it seems like she's one of those people that you tell her not to do something and she literally does the exact opposite of what you're trying to protect her from so kate is very headstrong and very gung-ho to just go in and do what she thinks is right, no matter the situation, no matter how dangerous it is, no matter what her mortality rate could be in a situation. She just runs in headfirst into everything. And it's she survives, but honestly, she was put into so many situations throughout the, throughout the course of the show that I thought, I was like, man, she's going to lose a limb or something. Something's yeah, yeah. going to happen. She's just that's so part rash. Of, that's part of like the Disney princess thing where like she kind of just gets away with everything. Everything. And- she goes against the Black Widow, bro. Honestly, at yeah. the end of the show, and this is, like you said, it's it's... I, like I enjoyed the show. I think it's entertaining. I Me too. About I actually, like I legit really like the show, but I also think it's really bad. Like, yes. And one of the things that I do think is bad about the show, right? Like I again, I enjoy everything, but one of the things that is bad is just how unreal it is for this almost teenage girl. I'm just gonna call her that. This yeah, yeah. almost teenage girl to be fighting against a black widow and winning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not real. There's no training that Kate Bishop has had. By the way, talk about training. She, so yeah, she she had like she did stuff growing up, but like her hero training, her Hawkeye training, the show takes place in six days. Like yes. the show is six days long. Yes. Like that's it. The show is six days long. <laughs> Each episode's a day. So like she did it like in six days, she's able to fucking fight a Black Widow. It's like okay. And son. I watched the Black Widow movie, which this show ties into the Black Widow movie. I thought that was also really decent. But we saw what the Black Widows go through. Their training is insane. They also can't have children, and there's all this vigorous, vigorous mental and physical uh, training that they go through. And Kate Bishop is two things that her mom called her. You are young, and you are rich. And the only two people in the world who think they're invincible are young like young people and rich people, and you're both. You're both. Yeah, that that was so... Kate's that, mom had some lines, oh, yo. Her mom, Kate, first of all... Kate's mom had lines. Her mom is insane. I love Eleanor. I actually love the actress who plays her. I'm not even sure of her name. But I think that the way she looks, I knew that she was going to be evil in the end. Like, I knew that she was going to be uh, shady, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you cast certain actors or actresses, they just have a natural typecasting yeah. look to them. And that actress has always played someone who's kind of like on the shadier side. True. So the True. second I saw her, I was like, okay, I don't know if the stepdad Jack is also in on it, but I said the mom is for sure so, something like she's for sure something more than just her mom. So we were talking about this. Um, the stepdad, they went so out of their way to, to make, make him look like a bad guy. A red that it was like, it became obvious that he wasn't a bad guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep, Scooby Doo. It reminded me of a pup named Scooby Doo, where every single episode had red herring in it. Yeah, and yeah. I grew up watching that cartoon. So as I was watching the show, you know, between all the stuff with the swords, then the butterscotch candy, it was a little too obvious and a little too early for them to be saying mm-hmm. this is the bad guy. So I was like, well, it's just not him, because in in all of the Marvel shows, they kind of have a formula that I'm used to now. The first bad threat 
is never the actual evil yeah. threat. Like it's never the first. So an example would be Loki, right? The first threat is the evil Loki, the other Loki, uh, the girl. And come to find out, it's actually Kang the Conqueror, right? Like he's the actual guy yeah, controlling yeah. everything. It's it's not it's not a female Loki that's just actually evil in this entire plot. And the same thing can be said about WandaVision, right? Like Wanda's not actually per se evil. It's really Agatha doing all of this other crazy shit behind the scenes. And oh, so wow. yeah, Agatha all along, right? They even made a whole song about it. Speaking <laughs> of songs, stop. <laughs> this show has this show has an amazing Broadway special. That is oh like the Avengers God. live, which I think is so funny. So in the it's beginning, it's so funny because it's all, it's such a Disney thing. Because like you know the Disney on ice and shit like yes, that. Yes, I used like, to love that. I love that. <laughs> it's so Disney on ice. They have a Broadway. I can show. do this all day. <laughs> it's so good. It rhymes. I actually think that uh, the Broadway aspect of it. So it's in the first episode when they go. He goes with his kids to see like the Broadway play of the Avengers on ice, and then at the end of the show. They show it again, and it's but they amazing. show like a more full version at the end. I laughed so hard, by the way, like when Hawkeye, they were like talking about it, and he goes, "Why is Ant Man there? He wasn't there." Like <laughs> I laughed. He was like, "Why is it Ant Man wasn't even here?" Yo, it's so good. Save the city and help us win. Save us from the state we're in. They just keep singing that, and then I don't know. I I think that the uh, the way that they cast all of the fake Avengers. They look yeah. so bad. They just look so cheesy. Like the Hulk is just painted green and then he has a green hoodie on. <laughs> I love it. The, the Thor's costume is so cheap looking. It's great. It's absolutely great. So one of the things I like about this is that Disney owns Marvel and you can see Disney's influence on this show blatantly. You can. The Avengers on ice. So yeah, that part was really cool. And, you know, so WandaVision gave us Agatha all along. This one gave us Save the City We're In and all that crazy nonsense. But both of those are amazing and honestly worth watching on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Uh, but I assume that, you know, if you watch this show, speaking, you listen to this podcast. Speaking of like the villain twist, I didn't expect and I got really hyped. So obviously, you know, I wasn't I guess unless like you're an avid super Marvel comic reader, which I've read some Marvel comics and I'm familiar with the lore, but I'm not an avid reader. So maybe in the comics, the fucking the Russian Adidas gang is run by the Kingpin, but I didn't put it together. So I didn't know the Kingpin was going to be like the, the actual twist villain at the end. Yes, I didn't see but that I got, coming. I don't know if you could see that coming for real. I got so hyped, though, because once I started talking about the Kingpin, I was like, I fucking hope it's the one from the Daredevil Netflix show. Because they put Matthew Murdock, the Daredevil that is in the Netflix show. That actor is in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. And so I was like, man, if they got the same like Daredevil Kingpin... That'd be really cool. And it is the same actor. So I got really, really hyped for that. I just I just thought it was really cool. Because I, I, I think, guess it it's just like one million percent all the Netflix shows are now like in the Marvel universe. It wasn't yeah. just like a cameo. Yeah, I really like that they uh that they the Kingpin that they used, I really like him. I like the way he is. Also, he's not as big as the other Kingpins I've seen. You know what Kingpin oh, can be. Kingpin can be Kingpin can be so exaggerated in his size. Uh this one is a little bit more realistic, you, but you could, hunt, you could hunt Kingpin in Monster Hunter. Yo. That's how big he is. Yeah, like, <laughs> for sure. Kingpin is definitely monstrous in comics and anything animated. Even the Spider-Man the, uh, into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, He's just gigantic. And he can always fight and take a lot of damage, which is, you know, even though he seems human, I would say, he's definitely just human from what I understand, but... Yeah, he, he's like oddly superhuman, though, because like he's he, definitely, he can he like, took an arrow. fuck shit up. Bro, he took an arrow in the show. 
Yeah, like she he, shoots him with an arrow, and that shit goes through him. Like it, it, it sticks in him, and he pulls it out, and she says, "What?" And I had the exact same reaction as Kate when that happened. Yeah, we, we both said He's what at the up. same time. So I was like, but a lot of people speculate that uh, because the secret invasion thing is happening soon, that show where it is all about scrolls and how they're on the planet and they're impersonating mm-hmm. people. A lot of people speculate that the scrolls might be in play in these other shows. And then when we finally get to that show, you're going to have to have seen a lot of these other Marvel shows because they're going to show scenes from them where it was a scroll pretending yeah, to be yeah. someone else. So I'm actually interested in that as well. Because I can definitely see that being the case. I do just think Kingpin, because I just think Kingpin yes, is always like that. That's like he's always him. Up. There was nothing different about the way he was from any other Kingpin, right? Like he got yeah. hit by a car. That's like, like he can just take a lot of hits. And he also swings on you like he doesn't know you, including women. <laughs> he beat yeah. Kate's ass at the end, which I thought was so he ridiculous beat. because I remember there was this whole thing where Mystique got her ass beat by Magneto in one of the movies, the X-Men movies or something, years ago. Yeah, I remember and this. there was a whole thing online, and it was on the news about how they were showing a man beating a woman, and they made a big deal about it because this is a PG-13 you know, film, and it was also a superhero film, so it's like, kids are going to see this, and they're going to see Magneto, or whoever it was, literally physically attacking Mystique, right? And it was set a bad precedent. And Disney must have said, we don't give a fuck, because this show took it to the extreme with Kingpin. He was whooping her ass. At one point, he punches her in the gut and she flies away. Like, all his hits sent her flying. All of them. All of his hits just sent her in actual orbit. So I thought that was insane uh, that they just show him whooping her ass and she really can't do much against him at any point. But to circle back a little bit to earlier in the show, uh, so I guess the whole overarching plot line here, there's a lot going on. There's like this tracksuit mafia. There's the The Ronin suit. Uh, Kate ends up getting the Ronin suit. She she walks in on like an underground mafia, underground black market sale happening, and they're selling things from the Avengers headquarters that's been sold and demolished. So there's Ronin's sword, there's Ronin's costume, and there's other stuff from Tony Stark. There's a Rolex watch. There's all this other random shit, right? There's all these things being auctioned off, and her stepfather is there with his uncle, right? So there's like a lot to follow here. It's kind of confusing. But YouTube helps. But yeah, her stepfather's there. She doesn't like her stepfather. She's naturally just suspicious of him. And I get that. I don't do step-parents either. I think they're just naturally... I think kids just naturally don't care for step-parents. And it takes you a while before you eventually are like, you're kind of cool. You know, like, one day you eventually say, all right, I can tolerate you. But at first, I think in general, because it's just not your parent, we're always kind of a little skeptical of a step-parent. So, Kate... Her mom is about to marry this guy and she doesn't really know the guy that well. So she's naturally skeptical of him. So she's spying on him. She walks into this black market thing. They're selling Ronan's sword in his costume. She ends up with the costume. She puts the costume on and she's also able to fight against this tracksuit mafia gang that kind of jumps in on the black market. Uh, they're looking for who Ronan is as well because the leader of the group at the time we know is Maya and she's like another character from the comics. She's deaf. And she also has an amputated leg, I think, right? She does. But I, I want to say, I definitely didn't know who... So, something this show does that is so fucking cheesy. It's one of the things that's bad about the show, but I enjoy. It's like, the show is like, it's like it's like candy. It's bad for you, but yeah. you like it. At the end of each episode, they ended on like this... Like this super cliffhanger. Like, every episode ends with like... Some really cheesy cliffhanger. And yeah. so episode two or three ends with like 
showing us the girl leader of the tracksuit mafia. Yeah. And it, it has like this reveal moment. And I remember I was just like, am I supposed to know who that is? Me too. Because it, I don't know it who felt she is like I was supposed to know who she was. And I was like, I, I don't I've know. I've never seen this, this woman is. before in my life. I have no idea who she is. Uh, and I'm not interested in her, to be honest, at all either. So I didn't really understand. The first time I watched this show, it was just honestly very confusing to me because I do feel how you felt where it almost seems like you were supposed to know certain people or certain things. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't recognize anyone. I don't know Kate. <laughs> I don't know her mom. I don't know the, the tracksuit mafia. I don't know their leader. I knew Kingpin. And I knew Hawkeye. And that is the extent of the characters that I knew. And I knew Yelena yeah. because of Black Widow. And I think that that actress yeah. is hot as fuck. She also plays in a movie called Little Women. And that's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. It was nominated for like best picture last year or the year before. Really good movie. Very random. I just want to throw it out there. But that actress who plays Yelena is actually in that movie. And she's really, really, really cool. Like really good looking. I like the actress. I like the character. I love the accent. I love like when she's talking, there's a scene to like jump ahead. But when she's in Kate's like apartment, Mm -hmm. like her little personal hideout apartment, she's sitting there. And they're talk like her accent and the the thing she's saying and what they're going like it's so good because she's like laughing and she keeps saying like Kate Bishop and I'm I'm not yeah, even trying said, but then when said, Kate, why do you keep saying my name my full name yeah, she's like do you keep saying my full name just to prove that you know it or something she's like yes <laughs> like and she, it was just like she's it like, was cr- and Kate why uh, don't you sit down and have some box macaroni she's like I know how good box macaroni is it, it's delicious <laughs> not that that also. Part. Just not true. Yeah, like, I, I thought mac- the same thing. It's just not true. I the like, same thing. I said, what the fuck? Like, like unseasoned macaroni and cheese. That shit is disgusting. Like, listen, I've eaten a bunch of Easy Mac in my life, but Me I'm too. not going to sit here and tell you I've it's been delicious. to college, too. Easy <laughs> Mac is gross. I was in college, and I ate a lot of beefaroni, which is actually amazing. Like, Chef Boyardee, beefaroni, yeah, I love Chef Boyardee, don't fuck around. Yeah, Chef Boyardee, beefaroni, and ravioli, tier zero foods. I love them. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> Debate your grandma. And her kids. Anyway, she's talking about how great boxed mac and cheese is. And I thought in my in my head, no, that's just not true. Here's the thing. I get it for Yelena. Because the way she grew up, her situation, yes. I can kind of get her love yes. in boxed mac and but cheese. But not a rich girl. But, but not this rich kid. No way. Yeah, there's like, no, no way, way that boxed mac and cheese is like your go-to meal. That's just <laughs> insane. But yes, so anyway, Kate ends up putting on a Ronin costume, beating up the tracksuit mafia, which already because they have guns and shit so that already was like okay this is typical marvel i can't be mad at this it's mentioned a disbelief yeah, yeah. right this 22 year old girl is beating a bunch of grown men with guns and she has nothing so i was like mm-hmm. okay i'll accept that uh yeah. but then so, here's what i can't accept this is this was one of the worst things to me so on the news kate's on the news in the ronin costume leaving the crime scene okay where the black market auction was happening she's leaving the crime scene they got her in 4k on the news and they're like, oh, it's the return of Ronan and all this other bullshit. And the whole time I'm looking at her like, I can tell that that is a woman in that costume yeah. <laughs> from the footage that they're showing me on the screen right now. Like I, from my TV through someone else's TV in the show, so through surveillance camera, I can tell that that is a woman in that costume. <laughs> so that to me was ridiculous. They were like, oh, Ronan's back and all this other bullshit and trying to say it's the same exact one from years ago that was killing all of the underlord underground crime bosses and stuff i just thought that was ridiculous because you could just tell it wasn't the build she's so skinny the costume was basically wearing her yeah but uh (laughs) obviously hawkeye sees this and hawkeye knows that costume should not be worn by anybody because all of the people that he's killed in it all uh, the enemies that all of the enemies yes all the enemies that he's made over the years while he was you know for five years he was just going around killing 
people for hire. He was mm-hmm. he was a mercenary and he was just killing people. And he's not proud of it, obviously, but it's what he was doing because he was so pissed off at what happened to Natasha. And also he lost his whole family. So imagine yeah. your like best friend dies, and then your whole family gets he got a really bad beat. It's actually amazing that he didn't just go on like some kind of crazed murdering spree on people that weren't necessarily considered bad guys. Like I'm glad that he was able to direct it to at least crime bosses. That's something I, they kind of mentioned that in the show, like because he like feels remorse. And Kate basically says, like, but well, you're a hero, like you were taking out bad guys. And then he says he basically says, I'm a weapon. Like to her saying she's a hero, he says, I'm a weapon. I yep. just did what I'm trained to do. Yep. Like luckily, I'm a weapon that had the right people pointing me at the right. Yeah, people. he said that. He said that I was pointing in the right directions, technically. So he was killing people, but these were bad people. You know, that's always subjective, right? It's the same thing as Death yeah. Note with Yagami Light. But like Yagami Light was killing criminals, but like, okay, do you get to decide whether mm-hmm. they live or die? Like, that's not and really so, your point. And so he owned that, like, res- like he own that like remorse or whatever like because he you know he's just like i'm not a hero basically like, yes i'm just a killer like the rest of them essentially yeah i got i totally understood that and i understand the need to take out your frustrations and your anger on something and he he did it the best he could without hurting innocent people i'll say that that's hey, the that's hey. the best he could do because he's like i had to do something with the bottled up emotions my he has three kids Three kids, and they all just got, you know, blinked away. And at the time, he had no idea that they would ever come back. So if that happened to anybody, man. Like, remember, he, like, goes around to, like, his shed, and he's, like, talking to his daughter or something. They're literally barbecuing, right? Yeah, something like that. And then, then, like, his family's just gone. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that, that had to hurt really bad. Because when you think about it, so there's billions of people on the planet. Thanos snapped away half of every living thing. Uh, every living thing, birds and everything, right? Because they remember when they came back, they said, "Oh, the birds are back." So yeah, every half of every living thing in the universe was just cut in half, and it's kind of crazy to think that some people could get really unlucky and their entire family could get wiped out just because of the sheer volume of people that there are. You could just everybody's a fifty-fifty. Everybody flips a coin, and you you know how it is with a fifty-fifty. Yeah. You can flip a coin a hundred times; it could be heads every single time. Yeah, and it, people and like. People will say, like, well, the next one has to be tails, but it's like, the next one's still a 50% chance to be heads. Every single though, one is 50%. Yeah, and so, like, there's some families where they didn't lose a any, single th- anybody. A single person. Family. You have your entire family, and you are very fortunate that no one got blinked out of existence at all, and there's people like him who lost their entire family, and that shit just has to be so crippling on your mental. Like, I couldn't imagine losing my mm-hmm. entire family like that. So, yeah. you know, he went on a killing spree, but he was killing crime lords. And he's telling her, like you said, I'm no hero. I'm no super good guy. I'm not an Avenger anymore. That's that's not a thing anymore. Like, I just kind of live my life and I'm hoping to stay out of trouble. But obviously seeing that costume again and knowing what he's done in it, it brings back a lot of bad memories and it brings uh, a lot of attention that no one should be. No regular person should be wearing that for fun or anything, which. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of wearing it for fun. Oh, <laughs> I'm dying right now because so Kate has the costume. He, him and him and uh, Kate and, and Hawkeye, they get together and he's super annoyed by her. In the beginning, he can't stand her. She's inf- infatuated with him, though. She's absolutely like, oh, my God, uh, could you sign this? You're my favorite Avenger. Like, I love you so much. Oh, you got like a secret hideout. Is it the Avengers headquarters? She's being annoying in every way. And he's being the dark brooding Batman type where he's just like. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing fucking hero with you. That's just, 
That's not, you don't understand the danger that you're in. I need that costume. Where is it? It's like, oh, it's at my apartment. They go to the apartment and then the apartment gets attacked by the fucking tracksuit mafia. They burn her apartment down. They, you know, they escape from it, obviously. And then he puts on a firefighter outfit. He finds out where it's at. And you go, you go there. There's a whole part, though, in the middle of all of this where randomly, like on the, what was it, on the news or something? Some fucking random black guy it just has his costume. He just has the Ronin suit on. He was like, they were making fun of my costume before, but look at a nigga now. And he just like fucking play it in a forest in a costume with a bunch of with a bunch of LARPing. It's like a group of people LARPing, which stands for live action role playing. They're fucking LARPing. And he's in the costume swinging a sword and fucking kicking people in the chest and just like having a grand old time in this costume that's been used to murder actual human beings. Could you imagine if they went, if they came in, like, he was fucked. Yes, I was thinking that, like, yo, if, if, if Maya's group found him, they would have beat the, sh- beat the shit out of him, because they thought it was him, or maybe yeah. not, but they would have at least been like, where'd you get this from, and he wouldn't have been able to tell, for real, for real, where it came from, and they would have killed him. <laughs> that shit. L- luckily, luckily for the random black guy, uh, <laughs> Hawkeye gets to him first, and Hawkeye's like, listen, either I'm gonna take this fake sword, and this... And and fake kill you, and you're gonna give me that suit. Or I'm gonna take my real fist and real punch you, and you're gonna give me that suit. <laughs> and I was dying because they made so they make Hawkeye join in on the LARPing thing because he's like, "Yo, I need to talk to that guy over there." And they're like, "You can't trespass. We'll call the cops." And he's like, "Dear God, like, how can I talk to him? I need to get. I need. I need to get to him." And they're like, "Well, the only way to is to join our LARPing session." So again, that stands for live action role play. So there's like people dressed as Vikings and Game of Thrones characters. They look, oh, you know, they're, they look ridiculous, but it's the type of thing that I'm used to because I'm a fucking nerd and I've been to cons. Yeah, yeah, like, they're having fun. They're, they're killing ha- it. Yes, they're having fun. And honestly, LARPing is something that I wouldn't mind trying once in my life, at least. Yeah. But he's not for it. <laughs> he's already so annoyed. And he just sees this black guy in the distance in, in the full Ronin gear, kicking people's ass. So he just goes straight to the guy. And as he's going to him, he gets like jumped by a bunch of random nerds. He beats them all with his sword. They tell him that any hit to your chest means you're dead because you're a newbie. So you don't have any real defense, no real stats. And uh, yeah, he gets to him. He tells him like, look, I'm gonna punch you in the face for real. And I'm gonna take that fucking suit. And the guy's like, all right, hold on. How about you just let me kill you and I'll give you the suit. And they go for it. And they're like, all right, I demand a trial by combat. They have a fucking trial by combat. Everyone surrounds them. And Hawkeye, you know, he loses. But at first he's like not going down. And the guy's like, what the fuck? You got to make it look good. And he's like, all right, I'm not here for this. He just ends up dying. And then they start talking about don't forget to burn the corpse. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? That would have made me so scared. I just, so I'm going to just put it to y'all like this. If the roles were reversed, if Hawkeye was black and surrounded by a ton of white people talking about let's burn the corpse after he lost the trial by combat, even for funsies, I would have been terrified. Like my, <laughs> my black ass would have been so scared when they said that. That shit immediately made me think like, yeah, no. Like, I don't even like y'all playing like that. I don't know if y'all are really playing this RPG thing or whatever y'all got going on, but Talking about oh, burning man. the corpse after I lost a fake trial by combat is not it. So, yeah, he ends up getting the, uh, the costume eventually, and obviously as soon as he gets it, the tracksuit mafia, again, these people are annoying, by the way. I don't know if you felt that way. What's up, bro? Hey, bro. Hey, I'm the bro. You and bro. One of them got girlfriend help by Kate. There's just, like, a lot going on. Yeah, They're just real cheesy. One of the silly parts of the show that's really cheesy and just, like, honestly bad, but, I like, it entertained me. Yes. Like, I, I, was, I was very entertained. Like I said, I so it's only six episodes, but I didn't expect to watch it all in one day. 
I was going to watch like two episodes a day and like spread it out or like, you know, maybe watch three episodes and three episodes, whatever. Right. But I just, I didn't expect to just watch it all at once. Um, we just watched it all at once. I watched all six episodes in a row. And the reason why I was able to do this, because the show is very watchable. Like I very much mm-hmm. enjoyed watching it. It's funny. Uh, it's stupid. It's cheesy. And it's just, it's one of those shows where it's like, it's a, it's a fun show. It's a mindless fun show. It's, it's sure that I could see getting a bad rap because like critics would so, talk about how bad it is, but it's like I think you're watching it with the wrong lens. I think it's a show that you're just supposed to have fun, and like it being bad, it's not really supposed to matter. So if I'm not mistaken, the show has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually so that fucking high. It's crazy. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but I think it might be the highest rated Marvel show so far. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just gonna check like Wandavision real quick, but it has a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. WandaVision has a 91, so it's higher than WandaVision. That's and, I'm, and now I'm going to check Loki. Loki has a 92 as well. So actually, all of them are doing quite well, but I didn't expect Hawkeye to have such a high rating. Um, but Me, yeah, it does. Because I definitely would expect this show, at least critically, to kind of be like... Yeah, because these movies, movies that are just like these shows, get destroyed in the, in the box destroyed. office. They get destroyed by the critics. Yeah, so I don't really understand why it's... They're praised doing like well this. critically because yeah. I truly think critically it's a bad show, but Same. it's a very good show. Like it's a very fun show. Yeah, watch like so like so, when, I don't so know. he gets his Ronin suit again and uh, he gets kidnapped basically by Maya's tracksuit mafia people, and mm. he's telling them like, look, Kate Bishop is not Ronin. That's not- oh my god, this part was fun. Yeah, he's like tied to a chair. They're interrogating him. They're whooping his ass. You know the typical stuff, right? He's already beat up real bad. They're whooping his ass even more, and they're interrogating him. He's trying to tell them, basically, get them off of her track. Hey, okay. he's clearing her. her yeah, he's trying to clear her name. Like she wore it, but it's not her. She's just stupid, etc. And as he's saying this, fucking Kate comes from the ceiling, falling in, and like she doesn't make a good entrance either. She literally falls no, from the ceiling with a falling. bunch of debris and all types of shit. Lands really bad, and then she's like looking around. There's guns pointed at her immediately. She's like looking around. She's like, oh, hey guys. <laughs> and then I love she tries to justify it and she's like she's like well I know you're happy to see me like I'm here to help like I came here to save you and he's like I was just about to clear your name literally like, just about to clear your name before you drop through another thing on this scene though it's another one of so this show as we've already said it does have like some good moments really good lines that I think critically are actually really good too yes uh, there's a part where they're trying to find out where the Ronin is and Hawkeye tells them the Ronin is dead and when he explains how the Ronin's dead, he says that Black Widow killed him. And I yeah. thought that was really, really, really cool because figuratively, Black Widow did kill the Ronin. Black Widow came to find him when he was murdering people right. uh, in, in Hong Kong or wherever, in Japan, wherever yep. he was. Black Widow's the one that came to him when he was the Ronin and like brought him back in order to like go into the events of Endgame. So it was really interesting because figuratively, Black Widow did kill yeah. the Ronin. That was um, a good line. I, I like that. So, yeah, I thought I, I really like little things like that. I find really interesting and I, I appreciate a lot. There was another thing I kind of wanted to expand upon before we get into this whole hype crazy scene. This is like one of the bigger action scenes. The part that we're at right now where, you know, uh, Kate and Hawkeye are reunited, but they're captured by Maya's group. So there's a whole car chase and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on right there. But before we talk about that, I just want to quickly jump to something that he saw while he was at the Broadway play. Speaking of things that I did like critically was on a urinal. And even on a mug in the show, there's the line, Thanos was right. And Mm. there's this sentiment, apparently, in the world, some people agreed with the snap. 
Some people agree with the way the world was for those five years. Some people preferred that world over what the world is now that everyone's back. And that is yep. an interesting concept because, of course, humans being completely different from one another, there's definitely going to be a dividing line. And some people are going to feel that way. Like, I, I was successful. I was doing amazing when half the people were going because all those resources. Imagine, like, how many promotions there were. Imagine how many people were able to just land better jobs and have more money and uh, nope. love interest that they weren't available because literally they were with someone else. And now like those people are options again. And just all type, like, obviously this is all very selfish, but some people, you know, humans don't really care. It's like selfish never stopped anybody from doing yeah. shit. Like it's one of those things where, for example, like even right now in real life, right? Like we do have a resource problem and like a, we do. a problem with our planet. Baby, baby formula going, shortage, going water forward, shortages right? in places, food shortages in places. Yeah, for sure. Some people are like, if just like, like this is stuff real people talk about not even comic book nerds fans like real people regular people say like if the population was cut in half we could you know salvage all of this you know what i mean like we could save the planet etc so like but people are like obviously we can't do that that's not the right thing to do but there's that idea does exist already in real life that like we the planet can't sustain the current population of humans and the growth we're going at a very real point of view with the two instances in the show of Thanos was right, written on a mug that I think Hawkeye was drinking from, uh, and then also on a urinal uh, when he's peeing and a guy comes up to him and asks him for an autograph in the bathroom at the Broadway play, which is also just yeah. a whole thing, like him being famous, but not wanting to be famous, obviously, because he doesn't feel heroic. He doesn't feel like a good guy. He doesn't feel happy about what's happened. He's just living. And yep. he loves his family like any man should and would. But outside of loving his family, just wanting to spend his days kind of watching them grow up and protecting them, everything else, he doesn't care about the hero. All of that, your Hawkeye and all that, can I get an autograph? That shit is just annoying to him. And I, I mm-hmm. like, I get it. I get when you're done with something, right? And people still recognize you from it, but you don't really care of it anymore. It can be annoying. So I, yep. I, when he was in the bathroom just trying to take a piss and somebody just like, oh, can you, can you take a selfie with me? It's like, bro. It's also like how and like people really are like just the famous people yes like he's in the bathroom and he's like you know can we take a picture blah 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 and he's like you know now's not the time and so then he goes up to wash the hands and the guy's just like behind him yeah. and he's like is, 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 is now, now the time, the time? <laughs> and he's just like he's like dude will you leave me the fuck alone yeah. like i'm washing my and hands and even the people who are even worse that will blatantly do it anyway you tell them like oh no i don't want a picture and they'll just take a picture of you yeah and that that's also fucked up that's a whole it reminds too, me like entitlement it reminds me, Kevin Hart told a story one time that I thought was so funny. He says it in, like, in a funny way, but he says, like, he's going to the bathroom and somebody asks him for a picture and an autograph, and he's like, hey, man, like, you know, not right now. I'm in the bathroom. Like, no. And, like, Kevin Hart literally goes in and he takes a shit, and he's in the bathroom for, like, an hour. Yeah. And he, when he gets out, the guy is still there. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, can I get that picture? And he's like, what the fuck? Like, bro, I haven't washed my hands or anything. Like, that's disgusting. You also listened to me shit for the last <laughs> hour. That's insane. So it's people, people are like that and it's, it's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. No, I, so I totally can understand. I think entitlement is one of those things that is so frustrating to deal with. And I myself sometimes have a hard time when people just want attention, right? Some people will DM me or just try to talk to me. And I try to be as amicable as I can be, uh, with, when it comes to that type of thing. But sometimes it just can become overwhelming and you don't know what kind of day someone has had. You don't know what someone is going through. You don't know. You don't know anything. You just know that you want someone's attention 
for whatever reason and you feel entitled to it and it's really obnoxious when you try to tell someone like hey not right now and they take it the wrong way they take it personal and it's like yeah, bro yeah. i'm with my family right now like literally there have been instances where celebrities are walking with their families and people will come up and say yo can i get a picture and it's like no not right now I'm with my family and the person will get mad like oh that's so fucking rude and just like berate them because i don't want to take your picture or i don't want to take a picture with you that's ridiculous and so yeah i just wanted to touch on that because they do show that briefly in the show and i just thought that was something that it's real life i think that you just everybody should just accept that entitlement is really toxic and to check yourself just check yourself that's that's kind of what i'm getting at there it's just do not be an entitled person if somebody doesn't have time for you for whatever reason just take it for what it is like it's just not a good time and you don't know what they're going through oh my god so this is off topic but on topic it's on the topic of entitlement it has nothing to do with hawkeye but i literally just experienced this yesterday at work i work in a bar right Outside bar on a rooftop. Yesterday was very hot. It was like 80 something. It hit 90 for like a little bit, but it was like mostly yeah. in the 80s. It was hot. And so we bought fans for behind the bar. Because we work outside, you know, there's no air conditioning. And the sun is on us. So we have like a fan. So we have like a little fan on the counter that's like blowing on us. We're mm-hmm. behind the bar. So we're sitting there and this lady, this like rich lady, she literally grabs our fan that's pointed on us and turns it toward her. Like just turns the fan toward her, and we're like, what the... And so, like, we turn it back. Yeah. And, like, ten minutes later, it's turned back toward her. And then my sister, who I, who also works with me, she literally goes to the lady, she goes, um, excuse me, are you working right now? And then she's like, oh, oh. I was hot. And my sister was just like, we're working right... Like, we bought this fan for, like, we're, we're working right now. And she, like, turns the fan back toward her, and she's like, oh, can you please that. not touch it again? And like love the lady just had like this stank fit look on her face. Like she was so upset that she got called out. But Miranda was just like, we're working right now. Like we yeah, bought like this how, fan for us. How entitled can you be to just take someone else's device and use it for yourself? And you didn't ask for that. You just kind of did it on your own. You, it's just ridiculous. That whole situation is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I love that Miranda just straight up was like <laughs> passive aggressive. Cause it would have been awkward for a man to approach the woman. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that could just go very south very quickly. But I love that Miranda did it and was like, "Hey," in a very passive aggressive way. Are do you work here? <laughs> when, when did your shift start? You know, like Yo, that, it was, that, that's it was insane. I love but like that, that entitlement. Like, who, yeah, could you imagine? I could never in my life imagine sitting down at a bar or whatever, and like there's a fan blowing on the workers or wherever I'm at, and me grabbing the fucking fan and pointing it toward me. Yeah, like, I that, don't have the balls to do something like the that. The level of entitlement there is crazy, but that's how people are. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty absurd. So yeah, there's, a, there's an entitlement thing that they show in the beginning with like his, you know, his life post-Avengers and how he's not, he's not trying to uh, be around for that at all. And then, flash forward to what we were talking about. So him and Kate are together. They're both captured by the Tracksuit Mafia. And they do some mumbo jumbo magic shit. They get out of their cuffs and their uh, ties and they're running away. And literally these people are shooting at Hawkeye as he jumps from bookshelf to bookshelf. They're firing pistols at him. Obviously he never gets hit. But then after he jumps off the last bookshelf, these guys are running directly behind him on you. And the bookshelves are falling backwards and everything like that. But the guys are right behind him shooting. He jumps off the last bookshelf and he lands. And Maya just starts attacking him immediately, like martial arts fighting him. And the first thing I thought was, this choreography is terrible. It's so bad. It's one of the worst fighting choreography scenes I've ever seen in anything Marvel. It's really bad. It ain't Shang-Chi. It's terrible. 
And then on top of that, I kept saying, where the fuck did the tracksuit mafia go with the guns? <laughs> I'm waiting for the guns. Somebody pop his ass. He's fighting back. And he was like getting a couple of licks in on Maya too, which again, this is another scene where a guy and a girl are fighting physically and yep. the guy is straight up kicking and punching on her. And I was like, this is wild. What am I watching? Like, this is wild. <laughs> so, yeah, I was wondering where the tracksuit mafia went with the guns and shit as he was fighting Maya, but they go back and forth. Eventually, they escape in a car. And this is where uh, Kate Bishop keeps asking him about, you know, do you have trick arrows? He's like, "There's no, there are no trick arrows and all this other stuff. He said this to her a couple times earlier in the show. And finally, they get into this crazy high-speed chase. And he reveals that he does have trick arrows. And one of the coolest okay. ones was the Pym arrow. There's like this one part yeah. where he says, all right, you shoot that one in the air and aim for the back of their vehicle, like have it arch down. And then I, or arc down, and I will shoot mine and then we have to time it or whatever. You know, they're perfect at this, right? So like, of course they're going to nail it. But basically she's like, I don't understand. These are two, these are just two regular ass arrows. Like where, where is this going? And he fires his up in the air and then she fires hers and it hits like they clash, the arrows clash. And as they clash, you see one of them says Pim on the arrowhead. Yep. And yep. it grows so <laughs> fucking big. And I rewinded it because I actually was confused at first. Like there was a period where I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so I, I rewinded it 10 seconds to see. I was like, yo, that is insane. He's using Pim particles. And like, that shit was sick as hell. Yeah, that was really cool. So it expanded uh, like crazy because, you know, Ant Man has that ability to make things grow and shrink and all that. So yeah, one of his arrows can literally make things expand rapidly, and it can also make things shrink. And they use it in that scene. That was probably the coolest part of that whole scene. The rest of it was your typical uh, action sequence, high-speed yeah. chase, a lot of gunshots being, you know, going back and forth, a lot of explosions, a lot of crashing cars, and then eventually it just ends off with the bad guys uh, not being able to capture them. They, they, they use one of the arrows to swing onto a, the top of a train, and then the oh. next scene, they showed them inside of a train. And this leads to Honestly, one of the one of the kind of like heartbreaking slash heartwarming moments of the show. So during his fight with Maya, he loses his earpiece. Yep. He loses it and so he can't hear. So there's like some really funny moments because he he literally can't hear and the yeah. way they're talking to each other is kind of funny. But afterwards they're they're in like a safe house basically and he can't hear and his son calls him and he can't hear him. He literally so, says he lies too. He says, uh, hey son, there's a lot of static. I'm breaking up. Is a poor signal, yeah. but he's lying because he can't hear his son. He doesn't know what his son's saying to him on the phone. He just knows, fuck, I'm talking to my son. And, and yeah. And so she starts writing down what he's saying and he's responding as if he can hear. And there's like this kind of like really heartbreaking moment because like he's the son's just basically like, you know, dad, are you going to be home for, for Christmas? And or he whatever. tells him it's OK if you're not going to be home for Christmas because he promised earlier that yeah. he will 100 percent spend Christmas with him. But, you know, he's broken those promises before. For his duties yep. as an Avenger, his family, including his daughter, they're used to him choosing his line of work over his family. So she was like, "Do I should I be worried? Because you're bruised up. The next time she sees him, he's fucking cut up, bruised up, nose has a bandage on it, cut above the eye. He's fucked up. And his daughter knows what's up, but the son is very young, so he's still in that phase where he could be lied to easily. Yeah. And so he's telling him like, "Oh yeah, buddy, I'm going to be home. There's a bit of a delay, so give me a second to respond." You know, but at the same, there's not actually a delay. It's just that he can't hear. I think I did think that that part was pretty heartwarming. And just looking at how broken of a man he is, all right, like in the yeah, in yeah. literal sense of being broken, he's physically just not well. Like he's just not well. Yeah, it's it's something the show does that's cool is that it does show the wear and tear 
the the line of work has on normal humans because yeah. he is just a regular guy that just happens to have absurd accuracy. Um, but the yeah. wear and tear it, it has on you not being uh, not having a nano suit, or, right? You know, right. And granted, it's not like he you know Tony gave one to Spider Man. He could definitely give one to yeah to Hawkeye, but for whatever reason, he just doesn't he doesn't have one. And the other cool thing about the show is that you also see like Lady Hawk, Kate Bishop, she also has a lot of wear and tear as she's going through these episodes. She's beat up too. She has mm-hmm. cuts on her lip. Uh, same thing, cuts above the eyebrow, uh, blood spots on her, bruises. She's fucked up too. And her mom sees her and is obviously extremely concerned about this. So then in a later episode, they get attacked by a fucking Black Widow and Maya at the same time. And it's very chaotic because you don't really understand what's going on. But it, the one the one assassin reveals herself to be Yelena, Black Widow's sister, Natasha's sister. And then the the other person that's attacking him is Maya, who's after him because she wants to kill Ronan because Ronan killed her father. That's the whole reason why Maya's been after Ronan this whole time is because when he was back in his glory days killing crime lords, one of the crime lords was her father, and somebody put a hit out on Maya's father, and she suspects that, like, all she knows is that Ronan is the one who actually did the hit. So she naturally wants revenge against him. She doesn't know who actually put the hit out, but later on it's kind of revealed that, you know, Someone from the inside put the hit on her father who was working for an organization. So it's like, oh shit, that ends up being Kingpin, right? Um, so there's like the whole plot twist with that. So they're fighting. It's like the four of them. So it's Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and then it's Maya, and it's Yelena. And it's kind of confusing what's all happening there because at one point, Yelena puts like a harness on the Kate and then throws her off a roof. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the coolest scenes because as Kate starts falling, they played the music from when Hawkeye was holding on to uh, Black Widow before mm-hmm. she sacrificed herself. They played the exact same soundtrack. And it's it reminds me of that Spider-Man No Way Home scene, the redemption scene of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, where he saves uh, Mary Jane or Michelle Jones. Like it, it, it reminds me of that redemption scene because as she's falling, you could tell his heart drops. His eyes get huge, and he's like, not again. I can't watch this happen again. And at the time, at this point, they've bonded. He's no longer super annoyed by her. He actually considers her to be a, a, a legitimate partner, even yep. though he doesn't want her to be in this line of work because he knows what it means, not only for just your body, but also it's just super dangerous. Super dangerous. You could die. The things it does to your body and also the things it does to your psyche, like the kind of person it can turn you into, right? Yeah. And the mom has expressed that she does not want her daughter doing this anymore, period. Mm-hmm. So out of nowhere, somebody comes to attack him and. A little callback here is Yelena at the end of the Black Widow movie, I believe it was, uh, in one of the post-credit scenes, this woman who's working for like the government and everything, she shows Hawkeye's picture to Yelena. And you already know the Black Widows are assassins, so obviously, you know, her showing the picture was like, oh shit, she's about to attack him. And she has all the reason to, because from her perspective, she doesn't know why her sister really died, right? Like, no one really knows the truth on that. Yep. It's, that's probably Avengers Classified type of detail. Regular people don't know that Black Widow sacrificed herself to get an Infinity Stone so that they could win the war against Thanos. So, when Yelena comes, she's blatantly trying to kill Hawkeye. She's trying to kill Clint, and they're having this crazy fight. Maya's also trying to kill him because, you know, she well, she's trying to kill both of them because she doesn't know who's running. She just knows that one of these fuckers had that suit, and, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like, I just want to kill whoever Ronan is because of the avenge my father. So there's a lot of vengeance going on here. Long story short, uh, of course, 
Hawkeye and Kay Bishop, they end up completely getting away from this whole situation and surviving. Uh, and then they like sneak into, I think they like at, in the same episode, they snuck into uh, Maya's apartment. They found that Rolex watch and it has a tracking device on it and all this other stuff. But the big reveal in episode four, I think this was, was that uh, Yelena, a black widow was hired by somebody. And now, now Clint is like, you seriously need to quit. He's telling Kate, like, now it's gotten so real. There's a Black Widow assassin. Black Widow's after us. Like, you got to back the hell out of here. Which makes it all the more ridiculous later on when they actually are fighting and somehow Kate gets the upper hand <laughs> or even is able to do anything against a Black Widow. Like, just anything. Yeah, yeah. It's not, just not... Like, the, a Black Widow is not a tracksuit mafia. No. You know what I mean? It's, like, the, the levels are different. And, you know, I get it. Like, I'm, you know, we're not stupid. We know that her clients... Her client's daughter is the one who she's fighting. So she's not going to kill her. She blatantly says, like, get out of here. She threw her off the roof. But she also put her on a harness so she wouldn't die. So, like, if, you, if somebody hired you and their kid is intervening, you're not going to kill the kid. But at the same time, I would just knock the kid unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, okay, you're a nuisance. And I would just quickly knock her out. I would just knock her out. I would knock her the fuck out. It's and pretty absurd. The I shit would be she done with it. with it. Yeah, she, like, damages Yelena and stuff. It's just, it's, it's a bit much. And I started thinking to myself... Was there a training montage of some sort with this 22-year-old girl who's... Now, all there was... Widow? All they did was, like... They expect us to believe all of her talent and skill comes from the fact that she's, like, practiced her whole life. Yeah. But, like, she's... Pre like, you know, she went to, like, a fencing school and learned yes. how to fence. But at she the end of the day, it's like... Stepfather. She went to a fencing school that any other rich kid could go yes. to. Yes. Like, a, she had... You know what I mean? Like, like she doesn't have... Karate yeah, like she went to karate. Like I'm not fucking beating Shang Chi, and I, all I did was go to fucking karate class. That just doesn't like that, work. That's like what that. happened. Like she took karate classes her whole life, and then she got like six days of hanging out with Hawkeye, and and that's... all of a sudden she's able to fight a Black Widow. So that was very unbelievable. And I know that it takes a certain level of suspension of disbelief to watch anything Marvel related, but that was a bit much for me because there's a whole movie on Black Widows, and they're absurd. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even, okay, even a fight scene when they show Yelena and the other chick and they're going to go, like, relieve other Black Widows of the spell that they were under. Yeah. That, the fight that they had, there was one Black Widow against two, and she was fucking them up. Yeah, that's the other thing. Black Widows are broken, but, like, Yelena specifically is, like, one of the most broken ones. Yes, yes. So, so. yeah, and, I, you know, some of it was comedy, like, when they were in the elevator and, uh... Kate kept trying to press all the buttons to stop her from getting floor 12 <laughs> where Clint was at. And as she's trying to do it, every time she reaches or does any kind of maneuver, Yelena just easily, easily dismantles her. Yep. So at yeah. first I was like, okay, good. There's no, she doesn't stand a shot. But then when they got, when the actual floor started fighting, I was like, what the fuck? This isn't a fight. Yeah. Oh, dude, that reminded me. I really did love everything about Yelena's character in this. I don't know. I have no idea what her real accent is, but I love her Russian accent in the show and the series. Yeah. But I love the part where um Kate, I think Kate says either she's going to kill her or like she'll beat her. And then Yelena just starts, she's like, she starts laughing. She's like, oh, you'll kill me. That is the funniest <laughs> joke you've said yet, Kate Bishop. Like, that's your funniest joke yet. You are good. You are good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, you can't actually beat me. There's no world where that's a thing. So I completely understand why Yelena's a little taken aback by that sentiment that you're going to do any, you can't harm me really. Like this is not a thing. If I wanted to, I could just disembowel you, <laughs> but yes. So 
Yelena reveals herself. She's a part of the show now. So I was like, oh, shit, that's right. They did show, you know, Clint's face to her at the end of uh, the Black Widow movie. I should have saw this coming. It's been a while though since I've seen that movie. That movie's I, over a year. I right. actually forgot about that until you mentioned it. Yeah, me too. I completely well, I forgot about the fact that that was in the post credits of the Black Widow movie. Have you seen the Black so, Widow yeah, movie yeah. yet? I've seen the Black Widow Moody yeah. Moody movie, but <laughs> I I did I forgot about the post credits. I completely until you forgot. It. Yeah, and then they you know they show. I'm guessing you saw it like in a recap video or something. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I um I completely forgot about that. Yeah, definitely recap videos. Honestly. Every one of these shows that I watch before the podcast, I always do a recap because I just don't have the attention span to catch every Easter egg. That yeah, is. yeah, yeah. They, like these Marvel shows just have a lot going on and it's very easy to miss stuff. So I always do like a little recap. Uh, usually I watch an hour's worth of content to just recap on the show before we record just to kind of get some things that I might have missed and just some cool concepts and some cool uh, theories and things like that. Yeah, for me, it depends on when I saw it. Like if I, if it, like if I, for example, I just watched it last week. Yeah. So I didn't really feel the need to watch anything on it. Yep. But like, if if we if we talk about something I watched like last year, then like like, the and Winter Soldier, for example. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll watch recap shit because I haven't seen. I haven't seen that, and I think that's probably been over a year as well. I haven't seen the Falcon and Winter Soldier so long that I don't really remember all of the details about it. I remember the overarching story. But the details, I would have to watch an hour of recap stuff to just remember, oh, okay, that's what this was about. So, yeah, same thing with this show. I watched a recap, and they showed that scene from the end of Black, um, yeah, the Black Widow movie where they, somebody put a hit out on Clint. Come to find out, like I said earlier, it was uh, Kate's mom, Eleanor. She's the one responsible for this. She's also the one responsible for killing her husband's uh, uncle, Armand, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was wild too. Uh, she's responsible for a lot of underworld. She works directly with the Kingpin and it's because her husband who died, you know, Kate's father owed a small fortune to the Kingpin. So what she said, she paid tenfold, but you know how it is when you're in those type of crime families and those crime syndicates, the only way out is by death. So she tries That's to quit. It. Yeah. Somebody actually not somebody. Elena gives Kate a video of her mother and the kingpin talking and like this is the person who put the hit out on Clint. So blatantly, Kate's mom, who has met Hawkeye, has put a hit out on Hawkeye to have him killed because she's like, I'm serious about the whole I don't want my daughter being a hero thing. And since yeah, you guys seem to not be listening, I'm just gonna take matters to my own hands and I'll just have him fucking killed. So here's she can the, see. Here's what's fucked up though, right? I understand where she's coming from with that. Like, I get it. Like she she was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm gonna have this Hawkeye guy killed. I want my daughter safe. Why'd she not hire a Black Widow for Kingpin? Like, she thinks yeah. she was just. You think she was just going to say, "I retire"? Like, yeah. Well, she thought that her insurance policy, whatever that meant, she's like, "I have an insurance policy. I have all these files and stuff that'll be released." Nah, that's not good enough. Not at all. I would have had a Black Widow for his ass too. You're right. I would have had a couple Black Widows for him. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I don't think one can beat him. If I'm being honest, you need a you need a Black Widow for it. Like, you need to hire a couple. Like, you can't you can't hire a Black Widow for Hawkeye and then just try to tell my man you retire like yeah you gotta you gotta hire if you if you can hire black widows you gotta hire a couple more yes so the big reveal this season was that you know kate's mom is basically one of the bad baddies she's the one who killed armand she's the one that's hired elena a black widow to kill hawkeye uh she's done other underhanded things she's also framed her husband for basically owning a, a shell company that's used to embezzle money uh or launder money rather the kingpin so there's like a shell company that they use to launder money 
typical stuff. If you ever watch Ozark, you, you get the idea. But basically, she frames him, her husband, for this, and it's not him at all. So he's a, he's a complete red herring. He's actually just a completely normal guy. He's done nothing wrong. And the entire show just tries to make him seem like he's this bad person, but he's not. And uh, the show kind of climaxes when it gets to the point where at the end, there's like this big fight between Kingpin fights Kate and Amaya, and she's fighting against Ronan. And then Ronan ends up fighting against Yelena. He tries to tell her, your sister sacrificed herself. And this made me so angry. But he explains to her exactly what happened. But he tells her before he explains, he says, you're not going to believe what actually happened. But I'm going to tell you anyway, your sister saved the world. She sacrificed herself. I couldn't stop her. I fought as hard as I could. And then Yelena's like, I don't believe you. You should have fought harder. And then she starts attacking him. And I'm like, if you think about who your sister Natasha was, yeah. what he just said literally lines perfectly with her character, right? Like it's, yep. it just, it just was annoying. It was like, okay, these two are fighting for nothing now. And that's how I felt as I was watching it. I was yeah, like, yeah, you're just, yeah. You are literally fighting this man for nothing. He explains to you what happened. You already know what your sister's line of work was. You know that she was an Avenger. She was famous. She's fucking famous. She's on a Broadway play. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. The show just had to write that in there for the, for the sake of those two fighting, Hawkeye and Lena, because that's kind of hype. It's yeah. like, oh, cool, look at, you know, Black Widow's sisters fighting against, he gets to kill another Black Widow or whatever. Like, I, I just didn't like the narrative there. I didn't like that it seemed so forced. I felt like Yelena was more, someone who should be more level headed than that. And I get it, your yeah. sister died, but when somebody explains to you what happened and you're an assassin, you should I think that this perfectly reasonable for you to be like, okay, you know what? Like, I get it. It really fucking sucks. But to be like, oh, you should have fought harder. Yeah, like, I mean because he's basically saying because like here's and this is what's so interesting about the fight between Hawkeye and the Black Widow, is that it's a fight where the winner dies. And like it's such a cool concept, right? Because ideally in fights, in shows and yes. movies, whatever, it's a fight to see who lives, right? You're trying to survive. Usually, this yes. Was a, this was a fight to see for the winner to die, right? Yep. So what's what's what happens, the fact that Hawkeye's alive is proof, at least should be proof to Yelena, is like essentially saying like, hey, your sister is better than me. That's how yes. great your sister he is. She beat, tells her. Like, like, there is no me fighting better. I fought as hard as I fucking could, yeah. but like, she beat me, and that's why she got to die. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. So, they fight. Eventually, she Yelena comes to her senses, and, you know, she gives up on the whole I'm trying to assassinate Hawkeye. O other things that kind of take place, uh, you had... So, when they went into Mai's apartment, when they snuck in and found the Rolex, they also found a list of Hawkeye's whole family in there and their ages and stuff like that, like his kids and everything. And so, when he fights Maya, he comes to her as Ronan and he basically beats her. He tells her, if you ever come near my fucking family, I'll kill you. Like, you, you know, and... and in his own way, he says, he puts the sword to her face and he tells her straight up. After beating her, he's like, if you ever come towards my family, because I saw your little list, I will absolutely kill you. I will kill you. I'll kill everybody you love. Like, on some real shit, don't, don't play with me like that. And I, I like that part because it's like, yes, I killed your father, but if you feel froggy, come, up, come to me about it. <laughs> don't go to my family. That's low. Like, don't do that. And your father... You let her know. And he let her know. Your father also wasn't... I didn't just assassinate him randomly. The kingpin is the one who put the fucking hit out on your father. And so at the end, she kind of realized, Maya realizes the kingpin has been playing her this whole time. And so she ends up and fighting. her cousin. Her cousin played her too. So, yep. So they end up fighting. And that's just like a whole thing with that. But there's, honestly, this show, I feel like there's too many subplots. There's for, a lot, yeah. For six episodes. And you know what was interesting is that, so I hadn't watched Hawkeye until literally today and yesterday. But 
you mentioned when we were doing the Loki episode, like during that podcast, you said something about how a lot of the other shows have all of these subplots that kind of just suck. And I didn't know yep. what you meant fully because I was thinking about the shows that I've seen. And I know that they do have like some of them do have subplots and I don't really care for them. But then when I watched this show, I said, oh, this is the one he was talking about. Because to me, the whole tracksuit mafia thing, I could I could just do without it. I could do without that entire they remind me of putties from Power Rangers. <laughs> there seemed to be an unlimited amount of them. If you notice at the end, like when they were evacuating the building and they just kept running up and Kate kept knocking them out as they were running up. Mm-hmm. And then like you had the LARPing people helping and they were they were also doing the same thing. Dude, it's like that's so that's another great example of like kind of just like the Mary Sue Disney is yes. Disney-ness of the show is like these like LARPing people, like I get it, one of them's a cop, all right. Yeah. But like the rest of them are just like regular fucking people. Regular, regular. But they, they're like a super infiltration team. Yes. They, they're, they're doing all of this shit. They infiltrated this building, and they're like they have all this amazing teamwork and coordination with Hawkeye and Kate, and it's just like a little. It's like okay. it's ridiculous. It's very, it's very Disney. Like I said, this show feels more like a Disney show than any other. It definitely has heavy influence, not just with the singing and the musical aspect of it. But I just think that Kate Bishop's entire character, whoever wrote her script, wanted her to be very, very Disney kid. She just see if you if you look at all of her lines and how she acts, I don't know a 22 year old who acts like that. The way she acts is like a child. I couldn't help but to look at her and think, I feel like she's 16. In fact, it seemed to me that it would have been more appropriate if she was like 16, 17, as opposed to her being 22. Like, granted, 22 is a kid to us, but like, I still feel like she acts way too childish she's very like oh but once again you know maybe it's like her mom said she's young and rich right yes. so like she just because even very early in the show like when she fucking sneaks into some building to like shoot the bell yeah, and then the and, bell like, destroys, destroys the entire destroys tower the building. Yeah, yeah and like you know but she's she herself has some level of entitlement to even try to go do that you know what i mean like, yeah to be yes that is some very entitled shit uh, speaking of that word again, that's some very, yeah, that's very entitled to even like, oh, I want to shoot this bell to hear how it rings. It's like, that is not how that should work, but go off also to destroy that entire tower, that building. And like, your parents can just pay for that. Yeah. Like they but can she, just, they can afford that. There's no like repercussions for no. her, her, her brashness. Yeah. Like nothing happened after that. She just kind of did that and her rep like getting reprimanded for that. I don't even know what the punishment was. I don't even remember what exactly me like, neither honestly like because it, it, it just got it gets hand waved away yeah it's just like oh well we're rich so and i mean i'm glad that the show was realistic in that way because like rich people do get away with bullshit all the time so i actually like that they do blatantly call out the fact that she's rich and pretty dumb yeah like they, they don't hide they don't hide that at all it's 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 one of those things that they throw it in your face her mom throws in her face hawkeye throws in her face when they go to her aunt's house and stuff like that just like seeing how rich she is it's like okay so you're just fucking a, a girl version of batman but but not really smart yeah not at all uh so i want to talk about how this show deals with the whole blip thing there's an episode that focuses around yelena for a little bit and she goes to the bathroom after they there's a scene where uh we mentioned they go to kind of dispel whatever's going on with the black widows that makes them like crazy Mm-hmm. And they realize that the the one that they are trying to to dispel right now, she actually is completely normal. Like the house that she's living in is like this huge mansion. Now, like, how the fuck did you afford all of this? Are you dating some like rich old guy that has all this money? And she's like, yeah, what's what's wrong with that? 
And so she's actually settled down, right, from being a Black Widow completely. Like she's just living a regular life, which they couldn't believe that that's a thing for her, for one of them. But a regular life exists for some of them. And this one found it. Anyway, Elena goes in the bathroom and she's like washing her hands. Now she's washing her hands. You see her disintegrate. And then you see the wallpaper. And I picked up on this shit immediately. Yeah, like you see her disintegrate. Really cool. It's so cool. The CG they use and everything. You see the wallpaper and all the paint and everything in the bathroom. Everything about the bathroom starts to change. It's like changing colors. The walls become green. The wallpaper changes. And then you see Yelena come back. And it happens all at once. It's like really fast. So she's confused. But like, okay, what the fuck just happened? Why does this place look a, a lot different? She walks out of the bathroom and she's, she has her gun pointed. Like she's on, she's on high alert. She has her gun pointed. She comes out the bathroom and she's pointing it. And there's a guy with a baby, like a black child. These are white people. There's a guy with a black child. And then she sees her fellow sister and she's like, Oh my God, you're back. And immediately it's like, Oh shit. She yep. actually got blipped. She's like, wait, so you're, t-, and they do a little fast forward. Like they just kind of show you that, Oh, she must've talked to her for a while, but she's like, so let yeah. me get this straight. Five years of my life have passed, but it literally felt like five seconds to me. So now, we have an actual feeling from someone who's experienced it. It feels like five seconds, but it was actually five years. And I think it's cool that now we know to people who come back, that's all it felt like. It's so wild. Yeah. It's very it just, yeah. And then like so much trauma that you would have to do, like all the people that lived for five years and then like the, the trauma for the people that just reappear on our in a new world. It's just, it's it's an interesting thing. I like that Marvel has been slowly tackling it with each show and movie. Yeah, um, I agree. I have a small point I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. So I'm going to talk about pandering for a moment. And oh, this, is, this isn't going to be what you think it is. Okay. You got to hear me to the end, folks. Well, when we get to the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode, I'm going to be talking about pandering for real, but go off. Usually, when people talk about pandering, like Fraser is alluding to, they might be talking about pandering to a certain minority group, maybe yeah. black people. Maybe yep. gay people, yep. uh, maybe women, even though women aren't minorities because they're 50% of the population. But usually, when people talk about pandering, that's what they're talking about. Yes, those are the usual suspects. My friends, that's not what I'm talking about today. This fucking dog had no purpose in the entire show. What This dog is literally in the show just to pander to people. The dog's entire purpose is so that you can say, oh, look, it's a dog! <laughs> like, that's the whole... The dog yeah. does... like. The dog serves no fucking purpose. Literally the whole time none. I'm like, what the fuck is this dog doing? Like, I get it. You just want, but like, even in the poster, I'm looking at the, the dog is on the poster oh, for the show. I didn't even notice that. The dog is on the poster Bro, I'm gonna be honest for Hawkeye. Until you brought up this dog, I completely forgot that she found and took in a dog. There's a dog that plays like, it's so weird because it plays like an integral part to the show while also being completely fucking meaningless. Yeah. And, its whole purpose of the dog being there was literally just so you could be excited that there was a dog. Like, just so you could say, oh, there's a dog. Yeah, That's so I cute. completely forgot about the dog that's in the show, but it is. One that of was the whole point that... of the dog. It's just like pandering to people because people, there's like this weird meme culture around dogs. Like, oh, look at the cute doggo. Yeah, I mean, and... Shiba, Shiba coin went up crazy because it literally had a dog as the face of it for it really had no actual value to it, but people obviously made it have value by buying it, which will work on any asset. And it was because it had a cute fucking dog. That was it. So 
I I couldn't help but I couldn't help but just like especially when I got to the end of the show just because it's something that I don't think anybody would talk about. Like I said, when people talk about pandering, there's certain things they talk about. Yeah. But this, in my opinion, is a an example of pandering. It that dog is only in there to like pander to people. It's just like, oh, it's a doggo, and that's it. Yeah, I didn't Doesn't care for the dog else. at all. It to me zero significance but like i love dogs i grew up with dogs i've had dogs my whole life i actually love dogs too i just have no top like i just don't care about like the meme culture and of like oh look there's a dog so that means it's good yeah i'm unfortunately allergic to them but i love dogs i'm allergic to cats and dogs but i love both of them and it's so annoying because i would have multiple yeah, of yeah. Both if i'm being like i don't know about children in my future but i definitely know i would want some dogs and cats but like they make me so sick and it's annoying yeah, so I just I just wanted to mention the dog because it's weird how the show makes the dog almost feel important, but then it's also just completely fucking irrelevant. It's yeah. just there. At the end of weird. the show, when you take in the show in all of its totality, the dog doesn't have any real impact or anything. It's just kind of like okay, it's just a it's just there to be there to like sell toys yeah. or something. I don't know, sell Hawkeye dog toys. So let's wrap up the whole Hawkeye part. Then I want to jump into Patreon shoutouts and then listener letters. So. Yep. Real quick, to end off what happens in the show, uh, Kingpin fights against Kate, he whoops her ass, he breaks up all of their trick arrows, but then she does some trick thing where they all explode at once, and he gets fucked up. Maya finds him in an alleyway, and they pan out of New York, and you hear a gunshot go off, so he's not dead. They don't show his death on screen, they don't show her actually shoot him, but there's a shot fired, Maya's the one who did it, she's mad when she finds that Kingpin's the one who actually had her father killed. So there's that storyline that's come to a close with the whole Maya, the tracksuit mafia and Kingpin. And then you have uh, Kate's mother, Eleanor, gets sent to prison for killing Armand and for also just being terrible as a person. Oh, my God, dude, this is this is one of those cheesy moments. She goes, is that what heroes do? They send their mother to jail. It's like, relax, bitch. You're a criminal, <laughs> a super criminal. OK, like fucking relax. He's actually a super criminal, though. Like. You embezzle and launder money. You literally had someone's. You sent your killed. husband to jail. Yeah, like you, you are ridiculous. And I get it. She's rich. So entitlement again, key word here in this whole episode and this whole show, I guess, is entitlement is huge. And so when a mom says that, I was like, that's not real. Also, if we're being completely honest, her mom is probably going to some powder puff prison. She's going to be out in a couple of years. Like, you know how this, like, she's going to say she was pressured by Kingpin. She might not even do time, if we're being honest. She might yeah, say Kingpin was behind the whole, if we're being completely honest, she might do zero time. But, uh, and that's, it just kind of wraps up. Eventually, Hawkeye gets to go to Christmas with his children. He brings Kate along with him, and they live happily ever after. And that's the show. That's the show. I don't think I missed anything in there. You let me know if I did, no, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. much hit everything. He makes it to Overall, Christmas. very fun show. I think very watchable, yep. but also not good. Yeah, not good. Not something that I will watch again. I would never watch the show willingly again. But I think I could see myself watching it again around Christmas because something I forgot about is this show did come out during Christmas. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the whole that the, the where it ended, etc. I could see myself like you know how during Christmas you kind of just sometimes watch things that I aren't could necessarily put it on good. in the background, but I won't be watching it. I'll be on my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I could around Christmas time, around that season, I could add this to like my Christmas show movie rotation that like you just kind of put on i'll I tell you this that. though i 100 would listen to that musical again 
the Broadway play. <laughs> I have to listen to that shit. So Agatha all along and the Broadway play of the Avengers is so fire to me. I can do this all day. <laughs> I couldn't believe that the end credit scene was just an extended version of the Broadway show. I was like, something has to happen. But nothing happened. It was nothing just a Broadway happens. show. Yeah, that's the end of the show. So that's, I, I really like that. All right. Before we go any further, uh, I do want to give a shout out to everyone supporting us over at Patreon. So we have a Patreon for I'm Their Podcast, where we have exclusive content episodes that only come out on Patreon. We also have the ability to duel me or Kenny, and it'll be live streamed or, or posted on YouTube. Uh, and we have other perks and stuff. You can join the I'm Their Podcast Discord by subscribing to even our lowest tier of the Patreon. And if you just want to support the I'm Their Podcast because you like it, then you, by all means, check that out. I feel like, you know, it's priced pretty reasonably with the different tiers that we have. And if it's something that interests you, just check it out. Uh, and we really appreciate the guys who actually have been rocking with us for a very long time now. So we give them a shout out in every episode, as you guys know. But without further ado, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Giovanni Avelos, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dad one Saw at Dabbers Gaming Cafe, also owner of Dank Ritual, where you can get deck boxes and really nice cloth play mats. Uh, Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, Red Vines, First to Home, Dalis Farneris, Tom Wadabiki, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nels, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, Biz, Roz Weiss, Luke Feeney, and Nick Stango. Again, thank you guys so much for your support. It goes a long way, and we really appreciate you. Also, we have listener letters that come in. Uh, you can write into I'm their podcast at gmail.com. And literally, as long as it's nerve related or if it's about anything that we've actually talked about or just something that you kind of want to vent about or talk about in general, write into I'm their podcast at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on the show. So we have one from our main man, Austin Cruz. Uh, and it's from our Loki episode. So the very last episode that we did before the talk I won, he says, before getting into Loki, shout out to going to a premier Yu-Gi-Oh event to play another game. I went to a YCS Atlanta and I sold all my stuff after I just hung out with my friends. However, I bought a melee setup and set it up in the lobby. Then went to hang out with friends at one of their houses for more melee, for more melee and a tour guide plant format. So I, you know, he just brought his video game and he literally was like, fuck you, Gil, right now. I just want to play melee. And I've actually with Smash 4, somebody brought their setup to Nationals in Nashville, Tennessee, 2015, I want to say it was. One of those years, I think it was 2015 though. Uh, but that Nationals, someone brought their Smash 4 setup, and I literally because I scrubbed out so fast that Nationals. That was the first time I didn't top Nationals, and then yeah. So I ended up playing Smash 4 a lot with some guy who like main Little Mac, and I, at the time I was playing Diddy because Diddy was ridiculous. And yeah, we we just played, and people kept coming up and playing, and it was really fun. And I actually enjoyed that more than the actual event, obviously because I scrubbed out. And that that Nationals was toxic as fuck because that was like Cleefort, Shadal. With the water, the water fusion that stops Necros from playing, and the Necros was the main deck that most people thought was going to be the best. I think there was some Satella Knights in there too, but BA ended up winning. I think Noah Green, and uh, yeah, so I had the same experience as you, Austin. Uh, he says also on Loki being bi reminds me when everyone freaked out over Superman's son coming out as bisexual. I don't know why, since there have been LGBT heroes throughout. I mean, Green, Green Lantern's weakness is wood after all. <laughs> Hardy har har. <laughs> all right this was definitely a very strong series after wandavision my initial worry was it being as slow as its predecessor until the first episode jumps you right into everything while bringing focus to important details without fixating on them definitely a fun series to watch so i agree wandavision started off very slow and they knew that yep. 
So they made the first two episodes. They came out together. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but episodes one and two of WandaVision, where it's all in black and white, they came out on the same night. And that's because I think that making people wait in between two I Love Lucy episodes of the show would have been not good for the ratings, in my opinion. So after episode two, you know, it goes into color. I think that was really smart for him to do both episodes at once. And yeah, whoever made that decision is just a pretty smart person. But Loki, yeah. on the other hand, gets you right into it. Yeah, because WandaVision, I, I always say, like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't, if I didn't have the personality I had, the completionist personality, like, I don't know if I would have kept watching. Like, Agreed. Because I, I thought the first two episodes, I thought they were cool and quirky and cute, and I, I liked them. But I was also was like, what is, what am I, like, what's the point of what the fuck I'm watching right now? Like, this seems, like, it's cool, but it also seems kind of dumb. But then, we look at the whole show in context, it's actually really, really, really cool. Yeah, WandaVision uh, is yeah. nice. Loki just jumps right into it. You kind of understand what's happening really quickly. Yeah. And it gets right into the story and what's happening and it moves forward. Yeah. And Loki, out of all of these shows, is probably the one with the least amount of action. But yep. I find myself enjoying that one most Same. because of just, you know, the way they handle time and the TVA and all that. I think that stuff is far interesting, far more interesting than this. And also, Loki has real powers. And I just like, I like my superheroes to have actual abilities and powers as opposed to yeah. just being humans with like trick arrows. So there's that. Same. Uh, and I agree, man. Most of Loki is just talking and, but it's, it's very engaging. It's, yeah. it's my favorite of the Marvel shows so far. Yeah. So. We've said that, you know, even when it comes to uh, like game of Thrones, for example, our favorite parts of game of Thrones are honestly the, the talking, the conversations like yeah. battle. What a bastards is cool. You know, seeing dragons is cool, but at the end of the day, the best game of Thrones moments come from the conversations that are had and like what comes out of those conversations. Sometimes the conversations are after some brutality, right? Like after the yep. wedding, you know, you have Catelyn screaming like, no, stop this Rob walk out, get up. But like that, that part, that drama, not this, like the killing them is like, okay, that this is wild. But then post killing them, Rob crawling on the ground with arrows in his back, getting over yeah. to his wife's stomach and seeing all the blood and stuff. That the action, the action has to mean something. It we does. talked about this in the demon slayer episode a lot. Whereas Demon Slayer is really fun to watch. The action is beautiful. Oh, but so beautiful. There's some times where it, like, it doesn't feel like all the action means. Like, at the yeah. end of the day, it's the words that make the, st at least for me, yeah. it's the words that really make the story. And it's like, as pretty as Demon Slayer is, I, I can't put it, like, top 10 the way some people do. Because yeah. sometimes it feels like it's all action with with not as much substance. Yeah. Um, and it's still ongoing. So that may change yeah. for us, but as of seasons one and two, I agree with you hundred percent. I would not say that Demon Slayer is a top 10 anime by any means. Now if we're specific. We're talking about the action and the animation. It if is. We're talking right? about action animation. It is by far one of the best. Yeah. But in terms of storyline, which is to me, I weigh storyline way heavier than everything else, because if mm -hmm. I didn't, then for me, like one piece would not be, like a one piece animation, especially early on, which is not at the part with something like fucking Demon Slayer in 2021 and all that, or 2022, yep. it doesn't hold a torch to it. But now, in reality, and this is something uh, that we talk about one, another day, but One Piece now, for people who don't know, the animation of One Piece now is on par with everything else that has been coming out lately as far as anime goes. It looks beautiful. These last couple episodes of One Piece are so fire as far as animation goes, and I'm really, really happy about that. And someone said something at Locals. Two weeks ago, I think they said uh, it'll be really cool if at some point, like someone just goes back and reanimates all of One Piece from the beginning because One Piece is so long; it's a thousand, yeah. it's over a thousand episodes, and it'll be really cool 
if they just went back and used modern animation techniques. So Hunter Hunter has done this. This is not something yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying some like crazy thing that if can't one piece, happen. If the one piece anime got a remake with new animation and like pacing that befits the manga. Yes. Oh my god. Bro, I think everyone would realize that One Piece is the one true king cuz it is by far the best story and honestly the best action. It it actually checks all the boxes, but animation on those earlier seasons is like not good if I'm just being blunt about it. It's just not good compared to like especially now what people are saying like a 20 year old right now usually doesn't have much interest in watching one piece. Cause one, it's very long. And when you go back to those old episodes from the nineties, it's like, fuck, this looks not very good. And I just got done watching demon slayer or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, it's I, not, I totally it's not that. as immediately hype. Yes, it does get there eventually, but in the beginning it, it can be a little rough just from an animation standpoint, but to me, the story it's the best story I've ever read. It's the best story I've ever really watched. Cause now I'll watch it. And yeah, I, I love it. And it would be really nice if they they reanimated. But this is off. We're off on a tangent at this point. A conversation yeah, for another are. time. Uh, I'll I'll let us get out of here. So we're like an hour and thirty minutes in. I'll edit this up. And as I always say, guys, do the things that make you happy. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Hawkeye. And we will be doing, of course, more nerd related topics and more Marvel shows to co- uh, cover. We have Moon Knight. We have uh, what the Falcon and Winter Soldier. We have What yep. If. Technically, I guess we could cover that one too. Yeah. Uh, so there's still there's still Marvel stuff to cover, but we just want to get a lot of it out the way because we we kind of just shied away from doing the Marvel shows for a while. These have been out for over a year, and we just yeah haven't. So yeah, I mean that's the th- we you know we go in and out of different phases of things we want to cover. Like yeah. we'll have a moment we where we do two Yu Gi Oh episodes in yes. a row, but then we won't talk about Yu Gi Oh for however long. It's been a while since we had it. Yeah, I feel we'll like do we, Marvel or whatever. Yeah, so right now we're in like a Marvel phase, but. You know, we're be switching. I want to do. I really want our next anime episode to be Hunter Hunter, not Hunter Hunter. Uh, sorry, but people were my hero. That. My hero. I expressed this to Kenny, so I, I really want uh, my hero because specifically because my hero is coming back this year. Is coming around the same exact time as Bleach, from what I understand. So I guess fall, winter. I anime. can't wait to do that next Bleach episode, man. I Bro. just, I can't wait. I like. I'm so excited for the new Bleach season. Me like, too. And so there's a season of My Hero that we haven't really seen yet. I started watching. I got about halfway through. Uh, it's the newest season of My Hero. And the thing is, Kenny and I are actually current in the manga. So yeah. we know what's going to happen in the episode, but we just haven't watched the anime yet. And I know that they changed some things. So yeah, yeah. I just kind of want to talk about My Hero before the actual anime comes out. And it's just kind of like season, season six. I think they're on before that comes yeah, out. Yeah. And I also it's just been a while since we had like a, you know, an anime episode. So We'll be yep. doing some, we'll be covering some anime soon and stuff like that. You know, we jump around, we do video games, anime. We're going to be doing Monster Hunter real soon, though, because that shit comes out in four days from today. Oh so, my God. <laughs> cannot wait. My life is about to be over. No idea how, I mean, you do. Yes. Frazier does. I ha- I've been like itching, itching to play it. Like, oh. Yeah, cannot wait. Well, so, anyways, all right. we're out. Uh, yeah, as I would say, do the things that make you happy. So long. So long. Thank you.